Welcome to We Drink and We Farm Things. This is the farm comedy podcast that is an adult happy hour for the farming community. We drink adult beverages, talk about the ups and downs of farming things, and give zero clucks about not having the perfect farm life. We keep it real with you and share the mistakes we've made and what we've learned so you can feel less alone in this farm thing. We drink things, we farm things, we drink and farm things. Oh. Hey there, Sam. Oh, hey there, Bev. What you drinking? I just opened a Einstock Olgerd, and it is an Icelandic Arctic Pale Ale. So here's what's super cool about this. So this Icelandic Pale Ale was brewed 60 miles south of the Arctic Circle, and it actually uses like water from Iceland and everything like to create this. Oh, so, fancy. Yeah. yeah, so it's like a super fancy beer. It has a Viking on it and it's very blue and very wintry. Ooh. Yeah. Nice. What did you open over there? I opened a Kentucky bourbon barrel peppermint porter. Mmm. And I just saw the ABV, which is 8.2%. So I will be doing nothing after this recording uh, because that might make me feel really nice. Um, but I did sip it and it tastes like a York peppermint patty. So I am here for it. It's Yum. very good. <laughs> it sounds delicious. Our drink peep this episode is Ashley Kiernan. And she is at Ashley Kiernan over on the Instagram. So cheers, lady. Cheers. All right, so before we get started into today's episode, we're going to stop at our Henny and Rue corner because it's time to open our December boxes. Yay! Hooray! All right, so Bev, what was your favorite thing in the December box? So my favorite thing is Pokey Jr.'s book. Yes! Yes, So this is a book that's written by our friend Brad over at Coop Dreams, and it's the story of Pokey Jr., and it says, even roosters get second chances, and um, Pokey Jr. recently disappeared, Um, and so I think, I don't know if Brad had started the book before his disappearance or after, Um, but anyways, what he's hoping to do is just kind of like share a positive rooster story because we don't get to hear a lot of those. So I'm looking forward to really like getting into this book. Yeah. I think my favorite thing was Dear Santa, Bring Me More Chickens, the ornament. Because I have a tree specifically just for farm-related ornaments. So I could always use an extra one to throw on there. So when I saw that that was in the box, I was thrilled. I have a farm tree, too. I haven't put mine up yet this year, though. I've been really slow with my Christmas <laughs> decorating, um, but I do have that on my list for today, hopefully. <laughs> so hopefully by the time this podcast drops, Bev will have her farm tree up. <laughs> yes, and I will have that ornament on it. <laughs> we also got a package of Honey and Rue branded Pectacular Mealworm and Grains. It's a snack that was created by Henny and Rue. And we also got Coop Care Chick Fresh, which is all-natural, non-toxic formula. 
um, that uses microbes to eat away odors and is perfectly safe for chickens, people, and other animals. So it's a great way to keep things nice and fresh and clean as the chickens are probably spending more time inside. And we got a chicken banquet mineral block. This is really cool. It's like a calcium mineral block um, that you can just put in your coop and your chickens can peck at it to get the calcium that they need. Um, it's nice because it's not loose. It's just like one solid thing. So I always enjoy these when we get them. And we got greeting cards um, with festive little chickens on them. Um, so if you would like to keep it for yourself, which is what I usually do, um, just because it's too cute to send, or you can send some season greetings the old-fashioned way, um, especially if you're, you know, socially distancing a little bit more than normal for Christmas. And, you know, maybe you're not going to see somebody this year. And that's a great way to make them feel like you thought about them. So that's kind of nice to have that in there, too. Yeah. And we also got a fly ribbon handy to catch the flies in yes. the barn. Yes. Those are my favorite things because those are like things that I don't normally think to buy at the feed store. But usually in the moment when I'm swatting flies away from my face, like I'm like, why didn't I? So I always love having those ready to go. Mm -hmm. And as always, we got a nesting box pad, which comes in every box and you can use it, obviously, in your nesting box for your your hens to lay their little eggs on. And we've got some sneak peeks for January. Woohoo! So we're going to get inside the January box. The two things that we know about are the handprint pocket scarf, which I'm incredibly excited mm-hmm. for, mm-hmm. and a 2021 Chicken Keepers Journal. Yes. So both things I'm really looking forward to as well, especially that handprint pocket scarf, because you know what? Like when I'm out doing chores, I, I always feel like I don't have enough pockets. So if I can just throw that on and like throw something small in there, like, ugh, winning. Yes. So if you want to get your hands on the January Henny and Roo box, go to hennyandroo.com. And if this is your first time subscribing, use code DRINKINFARM and you'll get 10% off your first box. Now it's time for our episode. Yes. And we are continuing our themed trend where we are looking into the things we use for Christmas traditions. Yes. And today we're going to talk about a particular plant that isn't mistletoe, mistletoe and it, it's red and there's some debate about how to say its name. Yes. And I had a little bit of a Christmas identity crisis going into this because Bev Googled how to say this. And I have been saying it most likely wrong, at least according to Google Translate that like pronounces things for you. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Some people call it a poinsettia. Some people call it a poinsettia. According to the Google, poinsettia is correct. But either pronunciation is actually technically acceptable because I think it's like 50-50 on the population for who pronounces it how. So for the purposes of this episode, I'll be calling it poinsettia just because that's what I call it. (laughs) And just to confuse everyone, I'll probably say poinsettia. (laughs) So then... then 
And then you guys can go into our Facebook group, We Drink and We Farm Things, and tell us who's right. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thing about that is no one can be mad at us because we just made everyone happy unless someone has a pronunciation out there that I'm not aware of yet. (laughs) I mean, I did, to go on a little tangent for a hot second, because we really don't go on tangents anymore. When I was getting my hair done today, I checked my email and somebody commented on a YouTube video that I made when I had pink hair. So this was like three or four years ago. And they said, nothing is more annoying than somebody that uses air quotes by their head when they're quoting something. Well, geez. And I'm like, nothing is more annoying. Really? Really? So if anybody is annoyed with us saying poinsettia and poinsettia, think about what's going on in the world and what's really annoying because this is not annoying. (laughs) (laughs) This is comedy. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) We People need to get their priorities straight. Anyways, so today we're going to talk about the history of these red marvelous plants. We're going to talk about what to do when you get one. Because, you know, I think most people get them for Christmas and then either toss them out or let them die. But you can actually hold on to your poinsettia or poinsettia all year round. Yes, and I'm really excited about this because I'm one of those people that just ends up letting them die. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I don't think I've ever gotten one as a gift, but I feel like I would be in the same boat. I usually buy one for myself to like put in the house oh. just because like in the wintertime, I always liked having live plants. Um, This year, I didn't get one because I have live plants all over the place now. <laughs> so I didn't feel the need to. <laughs> there we go. But now I kind of want one. So I don't know. Maybe maybe someone will get me one. <laughs> All right, so a little bit of history. The plant we know today as poinsettia has a long and interesting history woven in a combination of legend, politics, and a beloved ambassador. Native to Central America, the plant flourished in an area of southern Mexico known as Taxco del Elorquan. Sorry if I I slaughtered that. I'm just going to say I did. Um, But it's in southern Mexico. And the Aztecs actually used the plant um, for decorative purposes, but also put the plant in practical use. They extracted a purplish dye for the use in textiles and cosmetics from the plant's bracts. The milky white sap, today called latex, was made into a preparation to treat fevers. Crazy. Crazy indeed. And the poinsettia may have remained a regional plant for many years to come had it not been for the efforts of Joel Roberts Poinsett. So he was the son of a French physician and was appointed as the first United States ambassador to Mexico. And this was from 1825 to 1829. And he was appointed by President Madison. Poinsett had attended medical school, uh, but his real love in the scientific field was actually botany. So that's like plants. Yay. Yay, Yay plants. plants. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Poinsett later founded the institution, which we know today as the Smithsonian Institution. So um, no this deal. guy, yeah, <laughs> this guy should have like a household name. Uh, I will admit I've never heard of him. <laughs> nope. Nope. 
And Poinsett actually maintained his own hothouses on his Greenville, South Carolina plantations. And while he was visiting the Taxco area in 1828, he began he became enchanted by the brilliant red blooms that he saw on what we now call today poinsettias or poinsettias, poinsettias. And he decided to take some of these plants back to South Carolina, and he started propagating them and sending them to friends and other botanical gardens. And everyone was probably like, dude, these plants are amazing. They're so <laughs> festive. <laughs> and among the recipients of Poinsett's work was John Bartum of Philadelphia, who in turn gave the plant over to another friend, Robert Buzet, uh, Pennsylvania nurseryman. Mr. Bruzette is thought to be the first person to have sold the plant under its botanical name Euphorbia pulcherima. Yep. Euphorbia pulcherima. <laughs> Thank you, Beverly. We'll go with that. You said it. You sounded more confident than I did. It's all about the confidence. It is. It's also thought to become more known by its more popular name of poinsettia or poinsettia around 1836, the origin of the name recognizing the man who first brought the plant to the United States. And Congress honored Joel Poinsett by declaring December 12th, which is actually the day we're recording this right now, (laughs) not the day it drops. We're recording this Saturday, December 12th, and today... The day we record this is National Poinsettia Day, which commemorates the date of his death in 1851. We did not do this on purpose, guys. <laughs> no, we didn't. And the reason that they declared uh, today, um, it's not today. I, I shouldn't say today because technically this is the future now. The day that we're recording this as Poinsettia Day is to encourage people to enjoy the beauty of the popular holiday plant. Ugh, it was meant to be. It really was. Man, I really love it when the universe just fully aligns. <laughs> I got so excited about that. It was probably a little sad. all right so what does the poinsettia have to do with christmas maybe other than it you know being around the time that this dude died we're super close to christmas but it turns out there are a few different interpretations of why this plant plant is associated with christmas and one of them is that the plant is a symbol of the star of bethlehem the heavenly body that led the three magi or wise men to the place where Christ was born. There is also another legend that tells of a Franciscan friar celebrating Christmas with a lovingly decorated nativity scene. And it is said during the mass as the star of Bethlehem passed overhead, the leaves turned from green to bright red. The poinsettia formerly a symbol of Aztec sacrifice became a symbol of the blood of Christ and quickly associated itself with the Christmas season. And the poinsettia also gains its popularity with the legend of Pepita. So here's the story um, of Pepita. She was a poor Mexican girl who had no gift to present to the Christ child at the Christmas Eve services. And as Pepita walked slowly to the chapel with her cousin Pedro, her heart was filled with sadness rather than joy. And someone told her that um, Pepita, even the most humble gift, 
even if given in love, will be acceptable in his eyes. And not knowing what else to do, Pepita knelt by the roadside and gathered a handful of common weeds, fashioning them into a small bouquet. And looking at the scraggly bunch of weeds, she felt more saddened and embarrassed than ever by the humbleness of her offering, and she fought back a tear as she entered the small village chapel. As she approached the altar, she remembered the kind words, even the most humble gift, if given in love, will be acceptable in his eyes, and she felt her spirit lift as she knelt to lay the bouquet at the foot of the nativity scene, and suddenly... The bouquet of weeds burst into blooms of brilliant red, and all who saw them were certain that they had witnessed a Christmas miracle right before their eyes. And from that day on, the bright red flowers were known as Flores de Noche Buena, or Flowers of the Holy Night, for they bloomed each year during the Christmas season, and thus the legend of the poinsettia was born. I like that. That's a feel-good story. That is. I was just thinking that. I hadn't heard that story before, and it's just incredibly sweet. You know, like, the, yeah. it's it's the, like, innocence of a child and a child wanting to give, like, the best that they can, and I like how it has the happy ending. <laughs> right, and I think it's a good reminder because I know like I can really fall into the trap of wanting to get people the right gifts or enough gifts. And really it's the motivation behind the gift and not the quantity. That is what it should be driving what you're doing. So even a gift, you know, that's super humble. If it's given with the right intention, it's going to touch somebody. So I think it's a good reminder. Yeah. As we're all probably doing a lot of online shopping right now. <laughs> yes. <laughs> So there's also a common myth that has existed for generations that the poinsettia's leaves are poisonous. And although it's probably not a good idea to have a competitive eating contest with the poinsettia leaves, um, because that could cause diarrhea, research has shown that a child could consume as many as 500 poinsettia bracts without any toxic effects. So a tot who accidentally nibbles on a leaf may not feel well, but the consequences won't be fatal. And that's really important information because I have seen those, like, um, I don't want to call them memes, but they're, like, they're graphics, you know, that go around yeah. uh, during the holidays that, like, tell you not to get a poinsettia because it's toxic to your children and your dogs. Mm -hmm. So, like, if you care about their lives whatsoever, you just won't do it. <laughs> right. <sighs> right. Good to so, know that they aren't. Yeah. Information is important. <laughs> it is. Verified information is important. There we go. Yes. Truth time. I get a little sick of shopping this time of year, especially when it is not online. And while I usually don't mind shopping at the feed store, it's kind of a la the last thing I want to do right now. And I don't want to stare at a variety of products to make decisions on what I may or may not need for my flock. It can actually be super overwhelming. And that is exactly why we love Henny and Rue. Henny and Rue is a monthly box put together by chicken keepers for chicken keepers and their flocks. It takes the guesswork out of which products you should try because someone that has experience with chickens hand-selected the products for you. In each box, you'll find six to eight chicken keeping supplies like treats, medical or health products, books or magazines, and even a couple of fun and useful chicken-themed gifts for you, the chicken keeper. 
So go to hennyandrue.com and use code DRINKINFARM at checkout to get 10% off your first subscription box. All right. So now that we know why poinsettias might be associated with the holiday season, now we're going to tell you how to grow and rebloom your poinsettias, poinsettias, whatever you prefer to call them. Yes. Super, super excited for this. Yes, because year in and year out, Americans buy more poinsettias than any other type of flowering indoor potted plant. In 2010, for example, 36.1 million pots of poinsettias with a wholesale value of $146.1 million were sold in the United States, according to the USDA Florida Culture Crops 2010 Summary. Oh my gosh, that is so many more than I thought it was going to be. Right? All the poinsettias. (laughs) And after the holidays, what are homeowners to do with all of these poinsettias? Because many will just throw them away. But with proper care in frost-free areas or as houseplants elsewhere, that doesn't have to be the case. So we're going to tell you exactly how to keep your poinsettia fresh during the holidays and how to keep it alive so that it can rebloom next Christmas. And there's a process for reblooming it. So listen up. Yes. So during the holidays in the winter, you'll want to place the plant in a sunny room, but avoid areas that have cold drafts or excessive heat. When the soil is dry to the touch, take the plant to the kitchen sink, remove any decorative wraps, and water it until the water drains through the bottom of the pot. Don't let the plant sit in water and don't fertilize it while it's in flower. And in the spring, which is March or April, you're going to cut the plant back to about eight inches high. You want to water it regularly, keeping the soil moist but not soggy. Remember, poinsettias do not like hanging around with wet feet. And you will (laughs) fertilize them once a month with a balanced all-purpose fertilizer. And by the end of May, your plant should be growing super well. Be aware that in its native habitat of Mexico and Central America, the poinsettia can grow as large as a small tree, which is up to 16 (laughs) feet tall. So you want to keep that in mind when you're looking at the conditions you're going to give your poinsettia. (laughs) Like I wouldn't put this thing under a grow light full time (laughs) or keep it anywhere where it's going to like reproduce those conditions which would be like probably 80s and 90s <laughs> yeah you want to like keep this plant a tiny bit cold and maybe restrict its light just so that it doesn't do that 16 feet is huge <laughs> that is so crazy okay so if you make it to the summer in early june you could repot your plant into a larger pot because this bitch might get up to 16 feet tall. <laughs> oh my God. How big of a pot would you need for a 16 foot tall plant? That's like a 15 gallon pot. <laughs> so you want to make sure the new pot is no more than four inches wider than the original pot. So there's your answer. Okay. <laughs> but still, I was thinking the same team like, man, is this going to be like a truck tire or something? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you will want to use a potting mix high in organic matter, such as peat moss. In frost-free zones, it can be transplanted into your garden. For best results, um, put it in a bed rich in organic matter that has good drainage and receives strong sunlight. 
For potted plants, place outdoors in a bright location after all danger of frost has passed and nighttime lows are 55 degrees Fahrenheit or higher. Continue watering regularly because you want to keep that soil moist but not soggy. And you can increase the frequency of fertilizing to every two to three weeks. Uh, keep in mind, frequent pruning will be required to keep that plant bushy and compact. Each time a new shoot gets four or five inches long, pinch off the growing tip. Pinching forces the plant to branch, creating the bushy look it had when you first bought it. But make sure you don't pinch off any growths after September 1st. And now we're going to move on to what you do with it in the fall, because this is its most critical time period. So the decreasing hours of daylight and increasing nighttime hours cause poinsettias to set buds that produce flowers. So it's that lack of daylight that triggers this uh, shift. So if you do indoor growing like I do with grow lights, you want to keep that in mind when you're doing poinsettias. If you grow your poinsettias like I grow my banana trees, you will never have any flowers. (laughs) My banana trees are like always under the light. (laughs) So... What look like brightly colored flowers on the poinsettia are really actually leaves. The flowers are the yellow buds that are within the colored leaves. So that's actually a really important distinction. And I didn't know that about the poinsettia. So those big red blooms are actually the leaves. Cool. Sweet. So starting on October 1st and continuing for about 8 to 10 weeks leading up to the holidays, plants must have complete darkness for 14 hours every night. So if you don't feel like doing math, that means that they should only have 10 hours of daylight per day. It's the long period of darkness that causes the leaves to change color. Without this darkness, they'll stay green. And homeowners have tried a variety of ingenious ways to accomplish this, from putting them in a closet to covering them in a box. In my house, since I don't have uh, east and west facing windows, I just have to put them in the house. (laughs) It's like no natural light anywhere. Nice. (laughs) So you can use whatever trick works for you, um, but be aware that any stray light from like a street or a household lamp or other source could actually delay or stop the color changing process. That information is just so incredibly important. So if you've ever saved a poinsettia and wondered why it didn't bloom for you the next year, this is probably why. Because, like, who leaves their house dark all the time? (laughs) I mean, I definitely don't because my husband yells at me for how many lights I keep on even though I'm not in the room. I don't know. I I just like lights being on when it's dark outside. (laughs) I like light. Light is good. Yes. (laughs) So at the end of the 14 hours of darkness period, give the plant six to eight hours of strong sunlight. And that is what gives the leaves a bright color. Um. If your plan is to give the plants bright light by moving them outside, keep them indoors by a sunny window if the daytime high temperature will be below 60 degrees. Remember, guys, even though these are like plants that are synonymous with Christmas and the holidays, these are tropical plants, like hands down. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And you want to continue watering and fertilizing them as you did in the summer. And if all goes well, you should have beautiful red poinsettias just in time for the most festive season of the year. That's a lot of work. Oh, that is a lot of work. I'm exhausted just saying all of that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Ah, feels like we should drink a beer. Oh, wait. Yeah. Oh, wait. (laughs) But, you know, it sounds really fun. And, like, here's the thing about doing stuff like that, too. And I don't know. Maybe this is just me. But I found that by being more hands-on with these things, like, I genuinely do feel like they become more special. Because, like, poinsettias Mm -hmm. used to be something that just, like, showed up in the house around Christmas time and then magically went away, a.k.a. died. But if you, like, (laughs) you know, have to baby them all year round and then they, like, turn red for you in December, like, that's going to feel pretty freaking magical that is true yeah i'm sure it'll be very rewarding if somebody decides to tackle this challenge i don't know that i'll do it this year but maybe next year i'm not gonna lie i'm tempted to run down to a story and go get a point (laughs) setting just so i I can do this for the podcast do it it for the pod yes (laughs) (laughs) so that's it for some history and knowledge about poinsettias, I and poinsettias, whatever way you want to call them, we do not discriminate here. Um, I feel like I do very little before I put this research together. So I'm glad that we went over this because now I feel even more festive right now, ready for the holidays. Yeah, I sure do, too. And, you know, really quick note, something that Sam and I just talked about before this episode is we realized that this season um, we're focusing on a lot of like the Christmas traditions because that's the way that we celebrate this holiday season. But rest assured, like next year, we're working on looking into some of the things that we can tie into or like horticulture and farming related from other traditions uh, around the world so we're really yes. looking forward to getting into that too so please don't like just listen to these and be like oh, all they talk about and care about is Christmas and we just <laughs> needed like a focus area for this year and then we'll like keep going because we're celebrating our third year this year so like rest assured you will hear from us next year yeah we're gonna <laughs> run out of Christmas stuff guys and, but, but I'm not we're not just gonna pivot to other holidays because we ran out of Christmas no we're generally interested Um, so I'm excited to dig into that next year and we're trying to figure out a way to like write that down and put it in a place that we'll remember because, you know, if we had more weeks in December, I'd be looking into Hanukkah and Kwanzaa stuff like stat. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Just a few housekeeping items for our December 2020 episodes. We will be skipping our can't even and review segments, but don't worry because those will be back in January. And be sure and still leave us a review over on Apple Podcasts because we will start reading those again in January and you'll have a chance to win an exclusive coffee mug that is not and will never be in the shop. And don't forget for the January winner, that person's going to get a redesigned mug. So we're working on that, right? Meow. And hit the subscribe button and download the episode when you listen because this helps more people like you find us. And share this episode over on Instagram in your stories and tag us at Drink and Farm because we will send you a promo code just for this episode that will give you a percentage off in our shop. But just a quick heads up, we're still in Instagram jail. So if you share it, um, send us an email over at drinkandfarm at gmail.com so that we can send you that promo code because we can't respond to messages. That's one of the things that we're locked out from doing, unfortunately. But we love your shares. Like you have no idea how big of a difference that makes to our show. So please keep doing that. And make sure you take a look at our show notes to find links to the articles so you can dig even deeper into poinsettias if you'd like. 
um, a survey uh, will be linked as well. You can tell us how we're doing anonymously. And we'll also post links to our social media and our merch shops. So that's it, guys. We hope you enjoyed learning all about this cool, festive, tropical plant slash flower. Yeah, and if you have any more fun facts about poinsettias that we did not cover, feel free to put those in our Facebook group because we're always looking to learn about more stuff. Yeah, we are. We're like knowledge. Sponges. Yes. We're <laughs> we like just... knowledge loofahs. <laughs> yes, knowledge loofahs. <laughs> Love it. <laughs> and until next time, drink, farm, and give zero clucks. Bye, guys. Bye. We drink things. We farm things. We drink and farm things.